Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. Once again, it's the Tim May Podcast. I'm Tim May. That makes sense, right? Uh, we're going to get right into this podcast. Ohio State coming off a 56-27 to victory over the team up north, a.k.a. Michigan. Uh, that's the eighth straight win for Ohio State in the series. Uh, what is that, 17 out of the last 19? Ohio State already had clinched a third straight uh, trip to the Big Ten championship game the week before that. On Saturday in Indianapolis, it will play Wisconsin uh, for a third straight Big Ten championship, uh, which is in the in the playoff era of the Big Ten. That will be unprecedented. Uh, they'll be playing Wisconsin for the second time this year, a team that they wiped out 38-7 to just over a month ago. You know, and uh, all those things I just pointed out uh, all were sort of streaks in their own way. And a guy who, who knows streaks and at, at one point in his college football career was the greatest running back on the planet who had 31 straight 100-yard games, 38, I think, overall as a college college football running back for The Ohio State University. Uh, he played uh, four straight years. He never lost to Michigan. And uh, he's the only player to ever start – well, he's one of two players to ever start the Rose Bowl four straight years. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the two-time Heisman Trophy winner. By the way, he's the only guy to win the Heisman Trophy two straight times. The only guy ever to have a streak in that competition. Uh, Archie Griffin. Archie, welcome to the Tim May Podcast. Well, Tim, thank you so much uh, for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, man, I wish my mother and father were still living. I'm sure they're the only ones who believe all those nice things you just said about me, my man. Yeah, i tell you what, Archie. I mean, <laughs> as you as you well know, man, you and I also both have a streak going. We're both 60, we both completed 65 years on earth, which is pretty good. But, yeah, uh, that's exactly right, and I hope uh, we get a lot more. Hey, uh, real quick, I wanted to ask you, but you just brought up something I've always wanted to ask you. Do, do you ever get tired of getting introduced with all those plaudits, man? Is it uh, the pats on the back, et cetera? Does it ever get old for you? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, the older you get, uh, the more <laughs> appreciative uh, you, you you get of those uh, types of uh, introductions. And, and you're just thankful for the, the facts that, uh, you know, you had the opportunity to play with such great people and uh, people who made you look good enough to uh, have those things said about you. Yeah. And I, I really feel fortunate uh, from that standpoint because I played with some great guys at Ohio State. You know that, Tim. I know. And uh, uh, outstanding talent, and, and uh, together uh, we made uh, good things happen. Hey, uh, you know, 44-year streak going to now of, of, of being the only two-time Heisman winner, that just – that still resonates with you, right? I mean, a uh, lot, like you said, a lot of teamwork involved there. Maybe a little bit of a, you know, luck involved being being able to stay healthy as long as you did as a as a college football player. But that 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 that's that is remarkable. It's gone forty four years, especially with freshmen and sophomores winning this thing as this thing's gone along, right? Yeah, it it, it truly is uh, because Tim, I, I think I've said to you many times. I, I thought by now somebody would uh, have won it. Uh, twice, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly uh, thought uh, when when Tebow uh, won it at a, a very uh, young age, yeah. I thought that uh, he would uh, uh, win it twice. Uh, certainly, uh, Lamar Jackson had a, a shot at it, and and he had a great college career, had uh, great numbers even his his, his senior year, but uh, uh, he didn't uh, get it twice. But I, I will say that uh, he's setting the world on fire at that next level uh, yeah. right now. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there are a lot of people who I thought would, uh, uh, win it twice and, and who I thought had, uh, 
or really good seasons uh, in their senior year. Uh, but you know, somebody always seems to pop up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it, that's just the way that the game of football goes, it seems. So uh, it's uh, a great honor uh, to have it twice, but I still believe uh, somewhere along the line, there's going to be somebody else that'll get it. And the way I look at it is I did it, so I know there's somebody else out there that can do it. All right, well, let's play the pop-up game real quick, though. You just brought it up. Uh, does Ohio State really have three legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates at this point? When you look at what Justin Fields did in the game the other day, when you look at J.K. Dobbins with, well, I think the – sixth greatest uh, rushing season in Ohio State history, and it, and it's still going. Uh, he's trailing a guy named Archie Griffin uh, by about 39 or 49 yards at this point for the fifth fifth best. Uh, and then you got Chase Young, who's been a force on the edge. He he had no tackles the other day in the game, but you, you can't say he wasn't a force in the game. But well, where, do, where do you stand on that, Archie? Who would be your candidate at this point? You know. Tim, as you know, you cannot give away who your candidate is. Yeah, be, I know. I, will I, say, know. I, will, I will say that the Buckeyes have three legitimate uh, candidates uh, for uh, the Heisman Trophy. I mean, all three of those guys you named, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and Chase Young, I mean, uh, they've been awesome uh, all year long. I mean, you know, we, you, you talked about Chase not uh, having any tackles, but the pressures <laughs> yeah. that he uh, put on the quarterback uh, uh, meant a great deal. Uh, that quarterback early in the game, I tell you, he was doing a good job of getting that ball off early, and you know they found some open uh, spots and uh, first their first series moved the ball right down the field and scored. Uh, mm-hmm. But our defense, as it's done all year, uh, made really good adjustments, in my opinion, at the half, and 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 really uh, put more pressure on him and and uh, really caused him to uh, make some throws uh, that uh, were not well, and they dropped a few balls as well. So. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, put a lot of pressure on him, and, and he's had a great, great year all year long. Uh, but then, uh, you know, J.K. And, and, and Justin, four touchdowns apiece, really, wow. really big plays. And, and you know, Justin uh, coming out of that tent uh, after that entry and going out <laughs> and throwing throwing that touchdown pass, man, it was like, wow, what yeah. the heck happened here? Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I think it was just amazing. But all three of those guys are seriously legitimate candidates uh, for the Heisman Trophy. Wow. I mean, you, you you can't look at the trophy without uh, considering them uh, in that winter landscape. Oh, absolutely. Because their seasons have been uh, that great. Yeah. Hey, what do you, what do you think? I mean, does – do the Heisman voters need to step back and, and I mean, and take a look? I mean, Chase Young is kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, beat his way into the contention, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, does, does do, do people still need to step back a little bit and take more into consideration the great defensive player out there, Arch, or do you, does, is it is what it is? Well, I, I, I think when, when you have a player uh, like Chase, uh, on defense, and he's making that kind of difference. I think you definitely uh, have to sit back, take a look, and, and make sure uh, that they're included uh, in uh, your uh, choice of choices yeah. of uh, Heisman Trophy candidates. Uh, I mean, he can't be ignored. I mean, he makes that kind of difference uh, in a football game. Uh, so yeah, I really do. I I, I think uh, that 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 uh, that guys like Chase uh, on defense would make a tremendous difference in, in even the trophy as far as 
somebody else winning it other than uh, an offensive player. Yeah. Uh, Woodson was the only uh, defensive player that I remember uh, that won it, but he played some offense. He played special teams. He did it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody being on defense, winning it, uh, strictly defensive player, uh, I, I think that would actually be good for the trophy, actually. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Now, let's. You never lost to Michigan in four straight games. There was a tie in there, you know, but the, that yeah, was that was a tie. There was before tie, the tiebreaker system came along, et cetera. But Arch, that's right. Arch, eight straight wins, the longest streak ever by Ohio State in the game. Uh, Seventeen out of nineteen. What, what has happened in this series? <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've always said those things uh, go in streaks, and this has been a long <laughs> one. My goodness. Uh, but, but, you know, that game, Tim has always been, uh, very physical. I mean, the numbers that's been putting up in these last couple of years, you know, you don't usually see those kind of numbers, uh, right. uh, put up in, 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 in these games. So it really has been pretty doggone, uh, phenomenal, uh, that, uh, uh we've got that long a streak and the points that we're putting up and the offense, that uh, we're running and, and, and scoring those touchdowns. I mean, it, it's absolutely, absolutely been incredible. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm really shocked by the numbers. I mean, I always look at that game and I think, you know, it's not going to be uh, a, a, a big scoring game. I always thought, you know, well, maybe in the 20s, uh, you know, yeah. teens, da-da-da-da, because it's usually a defensive battle. Uh, but lately, man, it's been uh, – offensive show i mean it's been fireworks on offense and you know you're getting touchdowns boom long ones I mean, yeah. it's just been crazy yeah and uh I, I i've been pretty 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 shocked at the numbers that's been put up in this football game you know what's you know what's interesting is it really took off the day after bo schimbeckler died you know remember, remember 2006 the game of the century as it was built that's right absolutely Yep. And, and I, yeah, I just figured Bo and Woody were up in football heaven going, what in the hell are we watching? <laughs> you know, the, the channel, yeah, right. all of a sudden there's a Big 12 game, you know, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean. You know, but, I, I remember that game because I, I think that game took a lot out of us. At yeah. Too. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, if, if you remember, I mean, that was the biggest game Bo Schimbeckler died the, the day before the game. And, and uh, the media from all over the world yeah. was at that game because it was number one and number two playing and, and I was always worried after that game uh did uh, we leave it out there on the field and and obviously uh, we didn't get it done our next game that we were playing for that national championship uh but yeah. uh, I, I think that game took a lot out of us I've always been worried about playing that Michigan game and, and the effort it takes to get up to play that game and then play the next week and uh you know that always concerned me and it, it concerns me this week too yeah. because you know you put a lot of effort in to getting up uh, for that game. A lot of energy was expended in that game. And you knew, you, you know that you have to play like that in order to, uh, to win that football game. And you got another game coming for yep. the championship of the Big Ten. So, you know, you got to get up again. And it's really hard to get up for two straight games. I was going to say, what, what impressed you most, real, real quick, Arch, but about Saturday and the way that game w- was played? What I'll, I'll tell you what, what gets me is the relentless – the relentless approach that Ryan Day and, and before him Urban Meyer have had offensively, you know, that uh, they're not going to take their foot off the pedal uh, for the most part. Uh, I'm just wondering from your vantage point, do you see the same thing? But just what impressed you most about the way Ohio State played on Saturday? Well, certainly uh, the the offensive uh, performance. 
I mean, defense, uh, you know, it was it was a battle. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it really was. I mean, actually, we were going toe-to-toe in that, that first quarter. They got the ball, moved the ball uh, down the field. Uh, we got the ball, boom, we score. And then, uh, you know, it's like in a, a fight, you know, <laughs> a boxing match, yeah. you know, guys going toe-to-toe, and then all of a sudden somebody makes a mistake, and then you you take advantage of that, and then that makes the difference. And, and that's what, what happened. I mean, we were going toe-to-toe, and then all of a sudden that quarterback took his eye off, off the ball and fumbled it. We recovered that ball, went down there and scored again. Yeah. And then on that fourth down where we were getting ready to punt, and, and uh, where we were getting ready to punt, and their guy was offside, <laughs> and we get another opportunity, and bam, uh, we score a touchdown. And, 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 and to me, that's what really got us rolling. And uh, our defense, again, at halftime, made the adjustments uh, to uh, stop their offense, and, and then we were off and running. I yeah. mean, it, it, it really was uh, a very, very impressive game. But what I was most impressed with was our offense, the way we played, the way Justin Fields uh, uh, came out and, 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 and really – uh, started throwing those deep balls and hitting our guys, uh, yeah. and 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 certainly J.K. I mean J.K. has been impressive to me all year long. I, I think he's a phenomenal uh, running back. I like the way he runs. He goes north and south, but he can also uh, make you miss. Uh, I just think he's a terrific uh, running back, and and what a balance we have there. Uh, from an offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, when you can run the ball like that and you can pass the ball like that with our great receivers, outstanding, great quarterback. I mean, yeah, it's a big mix to have uh, for a football team yeah. uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, the offensive All line. Players. Yeah, the offensive line, I mean, has four new starters on it compared to a year ago and the way they've gotten the job done. <laughs> like I've said, they've uh, Ryan Day has just insisted that they'd be able to run the ball with power this year and against good defenses, they've done that. I mean, that's as impressive as anything, right? That's that's exactly right, because it all gets uh, started with the run, Jim. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you can run the football, that opens up the game so much more for uh, your passing game. And when you've got receivers like we've got, I mean, uh, it, it's just uh, <laughs> incredible what you can accomplish. Yeah. I mean, with, with the way that uh, – uh, we're throwing the football. The, the way that these guys are getting down the field, the speed that we have. I mean, Chris Olave, uh, Benjamin Victor, KJ Hill. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's just uh, unbelievable, and and you know, we 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 better cherish these days because you know you don't always have uh, talent like this uh, on a team every year, and and hopefully uh, we can continue that, and I sure hope Ryan does because uh, it's special. I, I, you know, I said that on TV the other night too, Arch. I mean, I, I, you know, it's almost like now people are nitpicking perfection, you know, and I'm just going, you know, folks sit back and enjoy this. I grew up in, as I've told people a million times, I grew up in an Alabama fan back in the early sixties, you know, because I was born in Alabama and, and, uh, or, you know, Bear Bryant had it going on there in the early sixties, but then it waned a while, you know, then he got it going again in the seventies. These things don't always last, but this, <coughs> Man, this this has had some some staying power, and you know you're observing it from the from the outside in. Well, you're still on the inside to a certain extent, but is it recruiting more than anything else? You think that has uh, stoked this fire? What what is it that has stoked this uh, near near uh, this excellence, this run of excellence for Ohio State football? Well, I think uh, success breeds success, and and when people see uh, or athletes uh, see the success that uh, we're having. 
at Ohio State, uh, they want to be a part of it. I mean, they see the offense uh, that we run. I mean, that offense is special when you can have a balanced uh, offensive uh, performance in all your games. When you run the ball well, you pass the ball well. You know, they want to be a part of that because they know that uh, you know that can uh, help you to be uh, on a championship team. Yeah. And I think uh, that success attracts great athletes that will continue uh, to make for success. And, and, and I'm certainly hoping that that's the way that it goes. That, because I think Ryan's done a, a fabulous job. I, I think the kids – Love them, and uh, and 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 they'll play their hearts out for them. And uh, I think that's what we've got right now, and I think that's why we're having uh, such success. And I certainly expect, well, and hope that it continues. Uh, but I don't know how you can expect this yeah. kind of success going every year. I mean, yeah. somewhere along the line, it's going to happen that uh, we lose a football game. But I certainly hope it's not uh, uh, this year. And I hope we can continue to get the type of players that we've been getting because they've been doing a tremendous job for the Buckeyes. Hey, last few things. Uh, what, what has impressed you most about Ryan Day? Because you've been around him a little bit. What what what, what sets him different? What makes him different from Urban, from Woody Hayes, from uh, Jim Trussell, from John Cooper? What What is different about him from your vantage point? Well, from what I've seen of Ryan, I like his demeanor. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think he's uh, really got a balanced attitude. Uh, I think he's uh, seems to me to be calm. Uh, he, he doesn't get flustered uh, yeah. in, in, in situations. Uh, his demeanor, the way he carries himself. And uh, I noticed uh, after the game, he, he seemed to get a little bit emotional. Yeah. And I like that in a coach. And uh, so, I, so I, I, I've liked everything about him, uh, again. But his demeanor is what's uh, very, very impressive uh, to me. And uh, the way that uh, the young men uh, play for him, uh, that uh, tells me that uh, uh, they care a great deal about him and, and they'll go through a wall for him. Hey, two years ago, you hand J.K. Dobbins the MVP award, the Archie Griffin award at the Big Ten championship game. Uh, he has a, probably a pretty good shot at getting that again on Saturday night. Him and Jonathan Taylor going head to head, so to speak. Of course, yeah, not. that's that's going to be another good matchup, man. Yeah. They, they, they they they've they've been doing that for a while here. Yeah, and uh, it, so I'm looking forward to that Archie. as well because yeah. Jonathan Taylor's a great uh, running back uh, as well. I've enjoyed uh, watching him run. Uh, hopefully, uh, our Buckeyes can uh, uh, stop him. Uh, it's going to be tough because what? I'm sure uh, they've got a sore spot. Uh, uh, in their bones from that last game uh, that uh, we played, so uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle out there, and uh, certainly uh, we'll have a chance to see two of the very very best running backs in the country uh, performing again, and uh, that's something I'm looking forward to. What's going on in college football now, though, Arch? It's supposed to be the the era of the spread and whatever, but big time running backs are sort of making a comeback. I mean, you know, the Najee Harris kid at Alabama, who, by the way, Ohio State recruited. I mean, Chubba Howard, uh, Hubbard, the kid at Texas Tech. I mean, but you, like you just said, Jonathan Taylor, you know, uh, from a prolific standpoint, there's hardly ever been anybody like him, you know. And, of course, J.K. Dobbins, like we pointed out, is now number two on the Ohio State career rushing list behind a guy by the name of Arch Griffin. I don't know if you know that guy or not. But, <laughs> but I mean, are we seeing running backs make a comeback? Well, what's, what's your take I sure on hope so. I sure <laughs> hope so. Mike, they seem to uh, uh, forget about the running backs yeah. a little bit. But uh, 
make sure you understand and and and, and people listen to this podcast understand the running back is very very important uh, to an offense a running back really opens it up uh, for you to really use your uh, entire offense I mean the passing game yeah. along with that running game it, it 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 makes a difference and when you've got a guy like a Jonathan Taylor like uh, our guy JK, uh, JK uh, it truly makes a difference. And, and I certainly hope that uh, we all have an opportunity to see uh, uh, a great performance, certainly from uh, our guy again uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, if, uh, if, if he can keep that ball moving, we can keep the ball out of the hands of uh, Wisconsin. I had, I had a feeling, Sarah, it was going to be his day, though, when he double-dribbled that first handoff and he kept going. <laughs> you, know? Know? <laughs> you know, a, a football uh, takes a, a, a funny bounce yeah. every time you drop it. Yes, it and does. And that thing dropped right back, like just like a basketball, right back into his hands. I couldn't believe that, oh, but it the, looked great. Yeah. Hey, last thing, you're you're one of the few people who can who can address this deal now. This my uh, and I'm not saving this best for last because it's not the best for last. You guys beat UCLA middle of the season in 1975, and I I can't remember the last time Ohio State played the same team twice in the same right. season. Yeah, and then you I, get, I don't then like you, that. I know you do. Know, <laughs> then you go to the Rose Bowl, you know, and there is something to be said about the difficulty of beating a, the same team twice, even though because y'all bushwhacked them, you know. Yeah, the, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. that 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 was part of our problem. And then in, in the, the Rose Bowl, too, I mean, you've got that long break, and you're out in California for two weeks, and, and all that goes on in California, you're yeah. having a good time, <laughs> and then you're thinking in the back of your mind that, hey, we beat these guys before, uh, we can get them again. Yeah. And all the time, your coach telling you, it's not the same team. This team is a lot better than they were than you played them, but you beat them pretty bad, and, and you're thinking, huh, this should be a piece of cake. Well, it wasn't, and, uh, and uh, so we've got to be very, very – careful uh, going into this week because it won't be the same team uh they are ticked because they lost to you and yeah. it wasn't a close game and uh, you're going to get you're going to get their very 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 best effort and you better put your very very best effort out in order to win uh, the football game and uh, i seriously mean that because of all the football that i played in college that is the game that i regret the most Seriously. That Rose Bowl. Yeah. That Rose Bowl kept us from winning a national championship. Yeah. And uh, it just bothers me because that first half of that game, you know, we, we, we moved the ball up and down the field, but we didn't put it in the end zone. Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden that second half, some things just went wrong and, and you just couldn't get back in the game. And uh, so we can't let that happen to us. Uh, this year uh, against Wisconsin, you know you've got, got one of the ready great to play a great game. Yeah, you've got one of the great lines of all time. As Rex Kern told me one time, he said you were willing to trade him one of your Heisman's for his national championship ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the only guy on the planet that could do that. Hey, last thing, yeah, Arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey. No, that that I mean, I, I tell you, that is the game that I, I look back on that that haunts me, and that's uh, that Rose Bowl, 1976 Rose Bowl, and it's because. We knew that uh, we were good enough to win that football yeah, game, yeah. but we just didn't get it done, and, and we probably should have uh, had a better attitude in going into the football game, Yeah, and attitude makes a difference. Take nothing for granted, as the old saying goes. Hey, last That's thing, though, uh, this Ohio State offense, though, I wanted to get your impression of this because, uh, you know, you, you've, been, you've watched a lot of offenses. The thing that I think this offense has going for it going into, like, Saturday night is 
it can be, it's like a chameleon. It can almost be whatever it wants to be, you know, from a over-the-top passing team to a, a shove-it-between-the-tackles running team and any, anywhere in between with Justin Fields, the threat he is as a runner. Is is this about as well-balanced an offense as you've ever seen at Ohio State? I mean, what's your take on that? There's no question in my mind that it's about as well-balanced as offensive team that I've seen. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, this is uh, – Probably the best team that I've seen wow. uh, at Ohio State uh, when, when I look at it. There's been some really, really great ones. I mean, I look at that 73 team that, that we had yeah. uh, that, 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 that you talk about where we had that tie. And uh, I don't know if, if you remember, but if you look back, I mean, we were putting up the kind of numbers yes. uh, that, that, that they put up this year. Uh, but we went to Michigan, and we had that tie. And this team went to Michigan, and they – put some numbers up and, and really <laughs> took it to them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in my opinion, you know, this is probably uh, the best team that I've seen uh, play at Ohio State, and, and there's been a lot of great ones. And I know there's probably some people that will argue that, but uh, i got to tell you, this team has really been very, very special. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Arch Griffin, ladies and gentlemen, only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, uh, and continually uh, now for like 65 years, one of the great people you'll ever run into in life, whether he ever played, ever played football or not. Arch, always a pleasure, man. Your record's intact. Uh, uh, it does seem for at least another year, and I appreciate you being on the <laughs> Tim May podcast, my man. Well, thank you for having me, Tim. Greatly appreciate it, my All man. Right. All right, man. See you, see, you, see you on Saturday night. All right. Take care. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Arch Griffin, the only two-time Eisman Trophy winner, and like I said, one of the great human beings you'll ever run into in life. You know, we're going to be back in just a moment, and I'm going to bring on Boston. You call him Austin Ward, and we're going to break down Ohio State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, but mainly we're going to look forward to Ohio State, Wisconsin. What will be this challenge coming up on Saturday night in Lucas Oil Stadium? Is Ohio State up to it? Can it beat a team? two times in the same year, and actually within a month and a half. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll examine that and other things when we come back. Hey, college football fans, it's Zach Bourne here. You need to check out BetDSI.com. BetDSI is a great way to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. That's right. BetDSI is the top-rated online sports book. They've been paying winners for over 20 years. The reason they've been around that long is because they have got the fastest payouts in the industry. Plus, the user interface and mobile site is the best in the business. Play, win, and get paid. It's that simple. It doesn't matter if it's college football, the NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, eSports, reality TV, virtually anything. You can bet it. You can bet on it at betdsi.com and get paid right now. There's no better way to add some excitement to games that you already are watching. Check out their live betting where you can bet on games throughout the entire matchup, every play, and every minute until the end. BetDSI has a special deal for Letterman Row fans. Use the promo code ROW100 to get a 100% bonus match. That's more than double. That's right, more than double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code ROW100 and get this limited 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash on the sports you know and love. BetDSI promo code ROW100. Now back to the show. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. The cut up <laughs> is living large. There's some baby. larger bills in here now. I think 100. Confused. Well, you got it. You got to consolidate because you know it's hard to cram a 126 one dollar bills into a, a 
a, I think it's a gallon jug like this. Uh, the Christina and Ryan Day Fund will be the beneficiaries of this. And I've had a couple of people already contact me uh, via Twitter. They want to match what's in here. And I said, well, I don't know if you have to match, but, you know, you can go 10%. <laughs> One guy wants to match, man. I mean, I'm I'm giving up the man of war. He's a, That's his Twitter handle. But, you know, everyone else, I'll be coming up with an address or a, a way if you want to get in on this. We can give the Christine and Ryan Day Fund a hell of a check at the end of the year. Uh, this is the last week that I will be contributing because the regular like, season and the yeah. Big Ten championship game. That's fair. Yeah, but like I said, my little my little grandson Owen, you know, his Christmas fun <laughs> is, is depleting as we speak. At least that's, that'll be my excuse. But there'll be now, a bunch of other kids benefiting from that, which is no. The that thing. kid's probably gonna get more presents than anybody in history. He's turning uh, eleven months old. Uh, uh, on uh, December the 2nd. But I digress. You know, we're back. Uh, Boston, Austin Ward. Ohio State has won eight in a row in the game. Yeah. Uh, 17 of the last 19. Mm-hmm. What stood out about uh, about the 2019 victory on Saturday from your vantage point? Uh, how, how easily that it came for Ohio State in the second half. Uh, I think it's a reminder that the – you know, and this happens in a, a lot of these other matchups that over time, the longer a game goes, the more likely it is that the more talented, physical, well-coached team is going to win. Uh, Michigan came out with a great plan yes. in the first quarter, uh, and they punched Ohio State in the mouth on that opening drive. They had a number of plays set up. They schemed up very well to slow down Chase Young, the only team that was really able to do it. Uh, now, you have to walk that line and hold him quite a bit, and I think that at some point, Ryan Day has to be pulling his hair out and sending in some clips to the Big Ten officiating crew because uh, on that, I think it was the the touchdown throw to Peoples-Jones. Chase Young makes an inside move and just gets an absolute bear hug that was nonsense uh, and should be holding every single day of the week. He hasn't got one in either the Penn State game or the Michigan game, which is uh, just hard to fathom to me, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that's part of the game, and um, Chase Young is going to get extra attention no matter what, and you have to, if you're Wisconsin this week or Michigan, you put the onus on the officials to make the call. They did that, um, but and over time, you just see Michigan making big-time mistakes with penalties. Uh, they dropped a couple balls. They blew some coverages. And over time, if you give any margin of error to Ohio State, they're going to take it. Do you remember out. my podcast from last week where Ben Hartsock was talking about that very thing, the malaise you kind of get into as a team back when Ohio State uh, was 2-10-1 against Michigan. He rode that transition – from the uh, John Cooper era to the Jim Trussell era, and he made that point that, you know, when <clears throat> just one or two things go bad, it's like you kind of like you're either, you, you know, you get into this deal where, oh, no, here we go again. Yeah. And literally you saw that on Saturday. It was bizarre. I But I didn't even think it was that for Michigan, honestly, because when we walked into the stadium and the mood around for the fan base, they didn't believe that they were good enough to win that game. Right. There have been other times like 2016 where Michigan came in, you know, swaggering around and thought they were going to go to the playoff and, you know, win a national championship. I, I don't. I think the mystique was gone before kickoff, and it was almost like a surprise to them that they had early success and that maybe they could actually do it this time. And then the rug but was But then they up. missed the extra like, point. They missed the extra point right away, <laughs> and then they jumped offside on, on, oh. on Ohio State punt after getting a stop and. They immediately were forced to pay for that too. Like, yeah, I, I, this one was different for me because at no point, even after the opening drive, did I think, okay, Michigan looks like a team that believes it can win. And the other sideline, 
Ohio State was like, okay, cool. Michigan scored. Well, we're going right down the field in J.K. Dobbins. Now, maybe if he doesn't dribble it and catch it to himself. As Arch Griffin was talking 14, about. But even yeah. two years ago, I saw Michigan jump out to a lead. <laughs> And in Ohio State never blinked. Of so, course, yeah. To me, it wasn't it wasn't like that two ten and one run. I just didn't think Michigan thought it could win at any point. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I and mean, they, and they got it. But here's the thing: second half, man, uh, the defense especially ramped up the pressure. They blitzed more. I'm talking about Ohio State. Shea Patterson looked like a totally different quarterback uh, with a little bit of pressure. He definitely, I don't know if the word is nervous, but he definitely got trigger happy. Uh, he wasn't helped by a couple of receivers dropping passes. I just thought the adjustment, that was the main adjustment I saw from a defensive standpoint was how they ramped up the pressure because they tried to go with four-man rush most of that first half. It was not effective. No. I mean, there were times when he had all day to throw the ball. And uh, they they didn't take advantage of it when they could. But, Bill, when Ohio State ramped up the pressure in the second half, pr- primarily with a blitzing package, it was, it was lights out. Yeah, I, I think – Ohio State went into that game not expecting that Shea Patterson would be able to beat them with his arm. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they. But that they, was Michigan's only chance. Yeah, and, and you had to give them some credit for the throws that Shea Patterson made. The one uh, rolling to his right, I don't remember if it was third, third and long oh, or yeah. whatever it was. I mean, he's just, he's chucking some balls up. He got great plays from talented cast of wide receivers. They made some plays happen. I saw a number of people were, you know, the national pundits weighing in and saying, well, that's this is the only way you can beat Ohio State is by throwing. I'd say good luck to you because a number of those throws were just, you know, plucked out of thin air. Yeah. And if you're going to keep throwing and keep trying to throw downfield on Ohio State and Jeff Okuda and Damon Arnett and when Sean Wade gets healthy and when Chase Young is rushing the passer and not getting held <coughs> and then you add in, you know, Zach Harrison and Devon Hamilton and all these other guys when they're rolling, I, I, I just don't. It wasn't like Michigan gave a blueprint to anybody else because to try and duplicate some of the plays they made is going to be almost impossible. But that's your only chance. That's your only chance to beat Ohio State, in my opinion. You've heard me say that a million times. Uh, you got to be willing to throw it. That's why LSU beat Alabama. That's why LSU's got a hell of a shot because they are not uh, shy about throwing the football, and they've got the uh, they've got the wherewithal and the talent to get it done. Sure. Hey, let's just jump ahead here real quick. Let's let's keep our answers to thirty seconds. You can ask me a question too if you feel like it. <laughs> Who is, as I asked Arch Griffin, and he took the political route because he, you know, he votes in the Heisman. He can't really name a favorite, but you can name a favorite. I, I can name a favorite. Um, you know, I vote in the Heisman too, but bottom line is, who's your number one Ohio State candidate coming out of Saturday? Uh, 12 games of the regular season are done. <laughs> Who is your number one Heisman candidate from Ohio State? You've got 20 seconds. I wish you weren't timing me because I would, I would make – we all I can say one name. I, I, yeah, but I, w- I could make a case, depending on the week, for any of the three. And the way that J.K. played on Saturday really made me think that he hasn't been getting a fair shake because his numbers and carries are so far down for the rest of the season. Uh, boy, you're looking at that watch already. Yeah, you only had names. I, say I, I, one name. I would be a hypocrite if I didn't say Chase Young. I know you would. I, because I've been saying it all year that he deserves credit for the impact, and he made it even without the sacks on Saturday. I would vote for Chase Young. I think the most likely winner for Ohio State would be Justin Fields. Okay, that jumps to my answer. My answer is Justin Fields, even though J.K. Dobbins is having one of the great rushing seasons in Ohio State history. He's already up, what did I say, number six. He's going to pass Arch Griffin like he's standing still, which he is, (laughs) uh, on Saturday, uh, barring any kind of upset injury kind of situation. Uh, He's going to move into fifth on that category. Man, that's a hell of a list, man, when you look at – 
Eddie George, Keith Byers, Ezekiel Elliott, a couple of his seasons in there. J.K. Dobbins is having a hell of a year. Uh, but Justin Fields coming off the bench after he left the game the other day with that left knee, straining that left knee again. Yeah. And he didn't just throw a touchdown pass. He scrambled out, avoided a tackle, scrambled out to his left and, and threw, squared up his shoulders and threw to Garrett Wilson, hit him on the hit him on the run, one of the sweeter touchdown passes you're ever going to see. Uh, that was a Heisman moment. That uh, the the mood in in the big house, and even all the way through the press box, the big house. I mean, everyone knew that something special had just happened. Yeah. Because the mood for Ohio State, you know, Michigan trying to you know maybe make some impact and chip back away a little bit of belief, or at least uh, I don't know. To me, it reminded me of uh, of the Troy Smith pass to Anthony Gonzalez going the other direction. But it, it was the it was the turn way of, back in two thousand five. Sort of like you know, Michigan was going to at least take some satisfaction that they might have ruined Ohio yeah. State's season. So you have Fields on the ground. Everyone is shocked. They're thinking of Ohio State fans there. They're, the media they're covering. What does this mean for the playoff race? Goes to the tent. All eyes are watching that. Chug's trying to lead a drive. He does a pretty good job. Uh, misses one throw. Uh, that Ryan Day talked about after the game. But you're watching, okay, that's one, two, three, seven snaps. Oh, my God, here he comes out of the tent. Oh, my God, he's got it. He's put his helmet on. And then, oh, my God. Goodness. What did he do? Yeah. And you just you just know when you see it that no one is ever going to forget about that sequence By the of way, events. you know a guy that needs credit. I mean, because every season I've ever covered it was worth a damn at Ohio State. The backup quarterback has had a moment. Boy. Chris Chukanov with that with that uh, completion. Yeah, yep. third down. Yeah, for them to tr- for them to trust him to throw that ball. And of course, you know, it was wide open. But uh, that was a moment. I mean, uh, that that set up the next moment that yep. we're just talking about. By the way, that little tent they go into that ought to have some kind of like smoke signals or a little <laughs> a little thing that goes up. You know, red like a, a or black yeah. or green or something. Uh, to the so everybody can get a feel for what's going on in there and uh, what's the progress. And it's wild because you're watching it and everyone wants updates and like you know the the broadcast isn't going to focus on right. it. So they can't. Yeah. One trainer walks out and he walks past Ryan Day and like oh my gosh what did he say? Yeah. And you're like okay oh no another one came out it's like is that a good sign? Justin Fields is still in there and usually if it's bad the first thing they'll do is they'll look and then you're going the other way. Oh yeah. You're going to the locker rooms like yeah. wait a minute maybe he can come back out and it was just we're going to refit him and put him in a new knee brace and i was like okay this guy's really going to do it he's really going to play and then the first snap after that after all the uh, the highs and lows that was that's crazy that was it takes your it takes your breath away reminds me of uh, and that's why i think that's why i say that now he's probably got the better chance if ohio state's going to have a winner which i don't think they will because of the season joe burrows had but the guy who will finish highest in the race, I think, will now be Justin Fields because that is the memory that will be in every every voter's mind. It reminds me of uh, Chevy Chase in the National Lampoon Vacation when he's about to jump into the uh, pool, uh, uh, you know, naked. Yeah. And he's going, this is crazy, this is crazy. <laughs> but then, boom, it happened. Yeah. Hey, real quick now, let's jump, let's jump forward because ho-hum, Ohio State beats Michigan again. Yeah. Eight straight, like I said, 17 out of 19. Still never J- seen Michigan win it. So. J.K. Dobbins had a day, brother. 211 sure yards rushing, yeah. uh, 260. I can't remember his total yardage. 49 uh, yards receiving, yeah. 211 on the ground. 260. Uh, maybe the, I think it might be the best total yardage game ever by an Ohio State player other than a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, four touchdowns. He had ties, a Tim Biakabatuka game. Uh, four <laughs> touchdowns, ties Bob Ferguson and – 
and uh, Jim Otis for the most touchdowns scored by an Ohio State running back in the game. Now he's heading uh, into the Ohio, into the Big Ten championship game. Ohio State's heading into the Big Ten championship game against uh, Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor team they bushwhacked 38-7 to way back when. Just watch, give me your 20-second take on what we're expecting on Saturday night in Lucas Oil Stadium. I would expect Ohio State to beat Wisconsin even worse. with the, If you take the weather out of this, uh, if you put them on that fast tr- track, and we've seen what Ohio State's done the last several years. Greatest game on turf. I just, hey, Wisconsin is a good team. Ohio State is a historically great team, and they're going to have a chance to prove it. Everyone wants to talk about the rematch factor. You're telling me Ohio State's not motivated to beat Wisconsin again and to clinch a number one But, seed? you know, as Archie Griffin pointed out, you know, they bushwhacked UCLA and then in the – in the Rose yeah. Bowl with the with the national championship but, on the line, they got bushwhacked. Here's here's what's interesting. College football is a wacky, yeah, you're, wacky team. No, you're man. absolutely right. But I mean, wacky game. Here's what I think is interesting about that. If people want to talk about the rematch, Ryan Day comes from the NFL. Jeff Halfley comes from the NFL. Greg Madison spent time in the NFL. These guys know, you know, they had to play division opponents twice. It's not like it's a secret. They'll know how to adjust. They'll know how to scout. So if you're going to talk about the the revenge factor, we'll talk about the fact that these guys. The people in charge at Ohio State have had to do that, and they know how to manage it. Yeah. Like, I know it's not exactly the same, but they've been through this process of playing a team twice and knowing how to scout it and how to adjust to it, what to take from game one and how to put it into game two. What's, what's, the, what's the biggest improvement? We've, we've watched uh, Wisconsin get his act together, and then a game it had to win yeah. on the road in the snow took care of business on one of the hottest teams mm-hmm. in college football this year, Minnesota, one of the more surprising teams. Uh, kind of beat them down finally in the final analysis. What? It, but who is the most? Who is? What has changed about this Ohio State off the Ohio State team from October until now that you think that Wisconsin will have to deal with? I think that Ohio State is a much much better passing team than they were in late October. They were starting to show uh, signs there with Justin Fields and adding to the attack. Agreed. Getting more comfortable, and then it kind of all went in that game because of the weather and you had some bad drops and his numbers could have looked uh, much better than they were. You know, he even had KJ Hill, the most reliable guy on the field. I think he dropped two balls in that game. Um, Wisconsin didn't have to stop the full Ohio state offense with that, with that touted defense. Yeah. They're going to see the full deal. And those receivers, you know, Garrett Wilson, uh, talked to him, uh, talked to Evan Spencer about that for a book IQ this week. Yeah. He's coming on. Chris Olave is a different guy from even a month ago and even last time in the game. Yes. Uh, th- these guys. K.J. Hill. Austin Mack is healthy. He didn't even play in that game, uh, and he got to flex in the end zone against Michigan. Yeah. It's the passing attack for Ohio State that I think is going to be the biggest difference. Wisconsin, you know, five, for my five-second breakdown, Wisconsin will have to be able to throw, and I don't think that they can do it. You know, it's funny because Jack Cone threw for, what, 240 or 50 the other day in the snow. Yeah. Uh, in the inclement weather, but you know that was supposed to be the the difference maker for this for this Wisconsin yeah. team this season yeah. was Jack Cone maybe b- them having a little bit better passing attack, you know, and uh, uh, Quintez Cephas, you know, he had a hell of a day the other day. But you're right, I mean that disappeared in Ohio Stadium. And the interesting thing is Chase Young coming off a no tackle game. <laughs> but, you want, yeah, you want somebody, enough, somebody wants revenge. Yeah, you ever want to see somebody be very effective and have no tackles? That was uh, Chase Young, especially in the second half on Saturday at, at Michigan. But you know, this is his last chance to put up a Heisman moment. Yep. Not that he's driven necessarily by that, but you know, like I asked uh, Paul Christ about about Chase Young and his performance the other day uh, <laughs> earlier this week, and 
you know, you, he was a wrecker. He was an offense wrecker in that game the first time around. Yeah, and that's – you talk about the no-tackle part of it. I think that's why I wanted to have Zach Bourne look at what Michigan did to him and how, and how Chase Young still impacted that game. Yeah. The holding calls and all this other stuff. I mean, that's why it's so hard for him to win the Heisman is that defensive ends are going to have that game where they get triple teamed for an entire half or a whole quarter at a time and they're not able to make a play. But if you watch that game and if you watch Shea Patterson's internal clock speed up in the second half when he goes 4 of 23 to finish the game, you know that that's because Chase Young is out there. But not just Chase Young. They really stepped up the blitz package in the second half. I mean, Baron Browning played a heck of a lot more. Uh, Malik Harrison was coming in, you know, off the edge. They brought Justin Hilliard in to make some stuff happen. Uh, I mean, the way they rolled the dice, not really rolled the dice, the way they – Rolled the, uh, the the combos, uh, uh, to me, was as interesting as anything I saw on Saturday. I wonder if they needed a little bit of time to get comfortable without Sean Wade, and that's maybe why they didn't blitz as much early on. I think you might be right. And and that's just that's the way it goes. Because they had some mix-ups when they were flip-flopping. They really did. And, and Damon Arnett had one, and Jordan Fuller, a miscommunication yeah. there on yeah. the touchdown. Uh, that stuff is going to happen uh, in a long game, but you have to get that ironed out. And, and that, that when you have an injury, that proved why Sean Wade is so important to them. Uh, Ryan Day said on Sunday that he expects him to be ready to roll. He went through all of pregame warmups and he dressed. I think everybody in the stadium thought he was going to play. So that tells you how close that he was. Yeah. Uh, that tells you why he's probably going to be out there on Saturday night. Okay, uh, real quickie. Uh, we've covered all the bases here. Uh, forget about a score for Saturday night. I think Ohio okay. State holds sway yeah, against sure. uh, Bucky Badger. Uh, this isn't 1975 all over again. This is uh, 2000. Everybody keeps finding these historical well, comparisons. You got, well, like, that's why, that's, oh, 1969 that's why, Michigan. That's no. why college football is great because you have all this tradition to look back know, on. But as you and I keep reminding people, this is a new year, man. Yeah. It is definitely a new era in, right. in, in Ohio State football. Uh, and the way this defense is turned around mm-hmm. this year compared to a year ago is a great turnaround of a unit in the nation. I've been saying that for like seven weeks now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is Ohio State, if in fact it takes care of business on Saturday night, is it the number one seed? Everybody's all worried about that now. Is it the number one seed in the college football playoff uh, as we're sitting here a week from now? It has to be. Um, If you look at the last three weeks and that closing argument, and the the rankings that I like to – that I favor that seem to be the most consistent are the Sagarin rankings. And you look at the last three weeks – it was going to be 8, 9, and 10 if Wisconsin won, which they did. You just can't match that. And Ohio State's record against the top 25 in those rankings compared to Georgia, uh, compared to LSU, uh, is just better. They have more of it. And everyone wants to lean on the SEC, fine. Well, look at well look at the rankings right now, though. You know, you got Georgia sitting there. I mean, the, the college football playoff committee definitely likes the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. And if you beat – a a team in the top four from the Southeastern Conference in your LSU. Well, we'll see what they have, um, you know, on Tuesday night with their rankings and what it actually means uh, for Ohio State. But I think that closing argument. Well, we know Alabama's not going to be in. I know, but where Wisconsin is, that might that might determine it. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. But if you look at those three games, and especially what they did on the road against a team that the committee had ranked number 13, uh, the way that they did it uh, – the completeness of that team. I think the committee sent us what they really did was send a signal last week that LSU's defense is a concern for them. And I think that if Georgia beats LSU, they were maybe planting a seed that they would not take two SEC teams because LSU's defense is so suspect that maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but I, I think that LSU has to win that game to get in. 
Uh, oh, it has to. I mean, well, to to stay in, I think they have to. I really? Think, yeah. You don't think LSU stays in the top I, four if he gets beat by Georgia? If Georgia scores forty points on this defense that the committee already knows is suspect at LSU, yeah, they knocked them down be- without losing a game last week. I don't see how you can make another case for that if they continue to have that problem. Yeah. If Oklahoma wins, and if no, Utah you think wins, Utah moves into it? Absolutely. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I think that's going to be a great conundrum for them. I think Utah. I think Utah deserves to be in it for a lot of reasons, one of which is, you know, you've tried this two-team SEC thing. Give 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 somebody else a break. I mean, you can't leave the Big Ten and the Pac-12 out, what, they three have, years in a yeah, row? They would have to, Four years in a row. They would have to go to eight immediately. Yeah. If they're just going to give the SEC yeah. a pass every single year uh, and that the regular season doesn't matter, which they were trying to do to Alabama, uh, leaving them at five. Yeah, they were. Then just get rid of the system. <laughs> because guess what? The SEC – Top to bottom is not unstoppable. They're, the Big Ten has had more teams ranked than top 25 than the SEC all year. Let's give it a break here. If there's a conference right now that deserves two teams in, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State on Saturday, which I don't think is going to happen, that's the league that should have two teams in. Ohio State has already done enough, already proved it's a complete team, already proved it should be in the playoff. Yeah. If you're going to take two, it has to be Ohio State and Wisconsin. It cannot be LSU and Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, would you ever believe a uh, kick six several years ago when Auburn beats Alabama, and then the other night Alabama's got a chance to get the ball back despite doinking a field yeah. goal and giving up two pick sixes, and they have 12 men on the field, and then Nick Saban cries foul. That was unfair. Yeah. It might have been unfair, let's, but it wasn't against the rules. And uh, Yeah, let's, uh, let's not get started on, on that one. The man got listen. snookered. I we, mean, it's amazing, <laughs> you know, the – Dynasties come and go, man. Yep. I'm not sure the dynasty's done with Alabama, but there's going to be fresh blood no matter what right. in the college football playoff. Yep, I like it. Uh, this time a week from now. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my podcast for this week. I really appreciate two-time Heisman Trophy winner Archie Griffin coming on with me. And, of course, what could be better than sitting around shooting the bull? I'm a two-time Heisman Trophy voter. About There you go, about college football than with my friend Boston. <laughs> you call him Austin Ward. We'll be back next week. The Ohio State, will Ohio State have won three straight Big Ten championships? And by the way, this is the era of the playoff, meaning of the of the championship games. These mean more to me than what went on in the Bear Bryant, Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, all those realms. Now you actually have to win yep. these, these things on the field. Uh, there's a, no such thing as a tie anymore, et cetera. And uh, this is the one of the – this may be the greatest era in college football history, in my opinion. I've been watching it for like 60 years now. But I'm really looking forward to watching that that uh, Big Ten Championship game on Saturday night in Lucas Oil Stadium. Will Ohio State hold sway for a third straight year? These are heady times if you're an Ohio State fan. We'll be back to talk about that and more on the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then.